We are learning Daf Yudal. We're starting from the Mishnah. So we have a statement from Rab Chanina Skanakonim. Now, Rab Chanina Skanakonim, the whole next figure that we're going to be learning about, the complex laws of Tum and Tara, are based upon the premise that we have to guard things that are holy. It's actually a mitzvah in the Torah. In other words, not only is there a din that if Trema becomes or Kachin becomes Tameh or disqualified, they have to get rid of it, but there's a halacha that you should safeguard. The Pasuk says, Shimor means to guard, and a person isn't allowed to do something which can bring about Tumah to something that's holy. So starting that discussion, we'll see how this comes into Pesach, just be patient. He was the deputy Kohen for, for years and years of Chinei Skana Kohen, the second base of Mikdash. And he says, that in all the times of my, uh, when, I, when I was the Skana Kohen, they never refrained from burning meat, which became tame from a vlad hatama. So vlad hatama, just to give the brief introduction, so you get this thing called an aviavos hatama, which is a dead body. Something which becomes tame from a dead body is referred to like an av hatama, primary source of tama. After that point, anything that comes in contact with that becomes what we call vlad hatama. So. It could become a Rishon. After Rishon, only foods can go further, but after, after a Rishon. But you can get something that touches a Rishon, becomes a Shani. By Truma, there's a level called Shlishi, and by Kachim, there's a level called Ravi as well. So let's say you had meat, which became Tame through Ovalada Tama. So that would presumably mean meat that touched a Rishon. Meat that touched a Rishon, so it was Tame. They didn't refrain from burning that meat in with another piece of meat, which was more Tame than it. With the piece of meat that touched an avatama, the piece of meat that touched an avatama would be a risha. So this, ostensibly what he's saying is there was no reason to refrain from burning two pieces of meat together that were both tamay, even if the degree of tama on one was greater than the degree of tama on the other. That's the novelty of Rechanina's Kanakonim. You have one piece of meat that touched the Avatama, it's a Risha. Another piece of meat which touched the Vladatama, it's a Shani. And so one would say, maybe you're not allowed to burn them together because you're making the Shani worse. Says Rechanina's Kanakonim, it is not true. You're not making anything worse, it's not a problem. Now there's an obvious question on this. It's not a novelty at all because what's going to happen when you have a Shani and a Rishon that you burn together? So the Shani's going to touch the Rishon. What would happen if the Shani touches Rishon? It becomes a Shani. It's already a Shani. You're not adding any severity. If you tell me you could burn a Shlishi with a Rishon, then we could talk. We'll talk about if you're allowed to do that. You tell me you can, you can burn a Shani with a Rishon, that's really not a novelty at all because you're not, you're not accomplishing any more Toma in the piece of meat that's already a Shani. So the Gemara is going to struggle with that. But the novelty here is that even if you would be adding theoretically, we'll see how, some extra tumma, once it's already tame, no problem. What's the concept? So we're going to see a lot of different nuances and spins on it in the Gemara. But the overall, just saying it very loosely, you don't have to guard something that's already disqualified. It's already disqualified. It's already disqualified. What do you have to care? You become a little bit more disqualified. It's not, if you have a tar piece of kachim, you have to do everything within your capability to make sure it stays tar. But here, you don't really have a tar piece of meat. You got to tell me a piece of meat. So you got to be so careful and in in, in when you burn it with another piece of meat that it doesn't touch something more. Tell me, why do you have to be so careful? That is the concept. Even though you're adding tumah, again, we have to struggle to see how, but nonetheless, it is not a problem. That is the testimony of Rabbi Hanina Skanakone. Hosef Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Akiva added to this. So we'll have to see in what way it's an addition. He added another case. They didn't refrain from burning oil, which had become disqualified from a tful yom touching it. A tful yom is somebody who was Tameh. He immersed in the mikvah, a person who immersed in the mikvah. After that, until nightfall, he has a very limited amount of Tumah that still, certain vestiges of Tumah still remain until nightfall. He's called a tful yom. Someone who has immersed, but until the day passes, he's not fully, fully tarred. He apostles truma. What that means is he makes 
truma is the lowest possible level that it can become tummy. The lowest possible level that truma can become is a shlishi. So if a tul yom makes contact with oil, that oil would be a shlishi. So if it was truma, it would have to be burned. But they didn't refrain from burning oil, which became disqualified from the contact with tul yom, with a candle that touched the person who touched the mace. So imagine you had a tummy, you, you had a mace, that's an avi of a person touches the, the, the mace, he's a tummy mace, he's an avatama. Now you have a nair that made contact with that person. So presumably that candle is a rishon. They didn't refrain from burning that candle, which is a rishon, with this oil, which is a shlishi. And even though you're adding Toma, but again, the same premise. Now we have to see in what way is Rabbi Akiva adding to Rabbi Chanin Eskana Kohanim, but in order to do that, we have to figure out who Rabbi Eskana Kohanim was adding Toma with the two pieces of meat. We got to get back to that. But the concept here is the virtually the same. Even though you're adding Toma, you have the oil which was touched by the Tolyom. That oil is a Shlishi. You have the candle which touched the tummy mace. That candle is a Rishon. We don't have a problem burning the two together, even though the oil may come in contact with the Ner, which would make the oil into a Shini. So it's an upgrade to its Tuma. But we're saying there's not such a problem because once it's tummy, it's tummy. Who cares? You're not violating the terms of guarding the, the purity of the oil. Once anyways it's tummy and you're burning it, who cares if it becomes a little bit more tummy in the process? Amar Abi Meir. From their words, we learned, and we'll have to see from whose words. The simple shot of the Mishnah is from the above words, from the Rabbi Kanan and Rabbi Akiva. From their words, we learn, that when you're, it's Arab Pesach, and you're going and destroying Chameitz, now, you have to, right? Because it's this man Abir. And even though normally you're not allowed to burn Truma, that is tar, but you're forced to, on Arab Pesach, when it's tar, you have no choice. Could you burn it together with Truma that's Tameh? Interesting question. On the one hand, you're burning it even though it's tar because you have to get rid of it. On the other hand, it's still pure. And if you burn it with tame that truma that is tame, it's going to become impure. And here it's a little bit more complicated. Why is it more complicated? Because right now the truma is tar, but it's potentially going to become worthless. It's a little bit different than what we've spoken about until now. Towards now, we're speaking about two items that are tame, even though they get an upgrade to their truma, we don't have a problem to do that. Here we're talking about truma, which is tar, which very soon will become worthless. And that's why you're burning it. Is there any issue with making it tame in this moment when I burn it together with truma that's tame? And that's what Rabbi Meir is saying, that is it, it is okay. It is allowed. And it seems to be the simple shot of the mission is that he's deducing that from the testament of Rabbi and Rabbi Akiva, which is obviously a little bit different. And the Gemara will speak about the differences in the comparison. But he's saying, if you can burn two pieces of meat that are Tameh, even though one is more Tameh than the other, so too you can burn Trima Tahora with Trima Tameh on Erev Pesach, since the Trima Tahora doesn't have a din of Mishmaris because it's about to go to waste. It's not the same measure. Not the same measure means it's not a good comparison. Meaning Rabbi Yossi's view is that on Erev Pesach, when you have Trima that's Tar and Trima that's Tameh, they may not be burned together. You must make two separate fires and burn the Trima that is Tar individually so that it does not become impure. Says the Gemara, Umodim Rabbi Eliezer Rabbi Yoshua, which is like, where did they come from? Okay, now we'll see, we'll see in, the, in, the, in the Gemara talking about that. But Rabbi Eliezer and Rabbi Yoshua agree, This is a continuation of Rabbi Yoshua's word. That even Rabbi Eliezer and Rabbi Yoshua agree that you have to burn the Trimah Tahara separately from the Trimah Tameh. Everybody agrees you need separate fires. Where is there some element of dispute between Rabbi Eliezer and Rabbi Yoshua? Al Hatluyav Al Hatmeah. If I have two types of trumas in Arab Pesach, one which is certainly Tameh, and one which is suspended. Suspended means it's uncertain if it's Tameh. It's a suffix if it's Tameh. There, there's a dispute. Rabbi Eliezer, Omer, Tusuzula, Asma, Zula, Atma. 
even still, despite the fact that the suspended tumah on a practical level can't be eaten anyway, but we still don't know for sure that it's tamen. So Rabbi Lezer says, even there, you have to burn it separately because possibly the suspended tumah is really tahar and you're being metameh if you burn it with the tameh one. Rabbi Yeshua, Omer, and Kachas, you could burn them together because since on a practical level, the tumah which is suspended cannot be eaten because since there's a doubt that maybe it's tameh, so on a, on a practical level, you can't eat it. So then we're mekel and we say that there's no did mishameres that says that you can't burn it with the tummy one. That's a dispute. To burn truma that is suspended together with truma that's tummy. But truma that is for sure tahar with truma that it's tummy, there Rabbi Yossi is saying there is no dispute. Everybody agrees it may not be done. I, we learned that you're allowed to burn two pieces of tame, of meat that are tame, even though one is more tame than the other. That has nothing to do with us because here it's not a good comparison. Here you have a case where the truma is tahar, and to burn truma that is tahar together with truma that's tame, just because it's about to become disqualified in Arab Pesach is not allowed. So the bottom line is we have different elements here in the Mishnah. The, 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 the element that's for Pesach is when you're burning your chametz in Arab Pesach and you have truma that's tahar and truma that's tame, can you burn it together? The shaila, the machlokas atanam here is in the laws of Mishameris, you have to guard your truma. Is it violating the terms of guarding your truma if you're going to get destroyed anyway, if when you're burning it, the truma tahara becomes tame? This is a machlokas in the tanam. It seems that the opinion that says you're allowed to is drawing a parallel from a general concept of Chanir's Kanakonim and Rabbi Akiva's cases in the base of Mikdash, where when you had two things that were tame, they wouldn't refrain from burning them together despite the fact that there were certain upgrades within the Tama and it seems to be that they're arguing whether the, those laws are a precedent to what we're talking about in Arab Pesach. So first the Gemara now analyzes the opening case. What was the opening case? If you have a piece of meat that became Tama from an Ava Tama and a piece of meat that became Tama from a Vlada Tama they may be burned together. Michti, let's examine what is the status of a piece of meat that became Tama from a Vlada Tama? The status is it's a Shani. A Vlada Tama is a Rishon. A piece of meat that became Tama from it that piece of meat would be a Shani. So what would be the potential issue if you burn it with a piece of meat that touched a tummy, a tummy maze. That piece of meat that touched a tummy maze would only be a rishon. So what's going to happen? A rishon is going to touch a shani. What's going to happen with that? Havishini, shani vishani, who it's already a shani. My most of low tumal tumaso ika. In what way are you adding onto the tumal? Rabbi is telling us a novelty. Despite the fact that you're adding onto the tumal, you're allowed to do it because tummy is already tummy. But if you have two pieces of meat, one's a rishon and one, that's, one that is a shani, you're not adding any tumah, even if the shani would touch the rishon, it simply would become a shani, which it already is. So the Gemara answers, Amar of Yehuda, hacha bivlad vlad askinan. When the Mishnah said, I had a piece of meat which became tame from a vlad tumah, it really meant the derivative of a derivative, meaning I had a shani which touched, which touched this meat, meaning I have a shlishi. I have a shlishi, the avile shlishi. And when we're saying that I could burn the meat that became tame with a vlad, we merely meant that it became tame from a vlad vlad. In essence, where it's a very fancy term of saying shlishi, and we're saying you can burn the shlishi together with the rishon. Because of our shlishi, motor la so so shani. Even though when you burn the shlishi with the rishon, what's going to happen? The rishon will touch the shlishi and it will make it a shani. It's still allowed to be done. And the reason why, why is it allowed to be done? Because since the shlishi is anyways disqualified, it's already tame. So burning it together with the rishon, despite the fact that yes, there will be an upgrade in the tumma of the meat of the shlishi, it will in fact become a shani, which is an upgrade. But nonetheless, we say that's not prohibited. It's not against the din of Mishameris because once it is Tameh, once it is a Shlishi, the fact that it's becoming a Shani is not a problem. Okay, so that's the way we've cleaned up our Chaniyas Kanakonim's case. The case is you have a Shlishi, one piece of meat that's a Shlishi, one, case, one piece of meat that's a Rishon, you may burn them together. Fine, very good. 
So now the Gemara asks a very good question, which to us, we met, we're not so well versed in the laws of Tumah. But to tell you the truth, this is one of the most fundamental Gemaras in all of Shas about Tumah. This next line, it's a very important principle. Very important rule. We know with foods you can become Rishon, Shani, Shlishi, and even Ravi by Kachim, right? We have that concept. But not from direct contact from food to food. Meaning, if I have a, a, a piece of meat which is a Rishon and it touches another piece of meat, it doesn't become a Shani. That's not true. An Ochel is not Matame in Ochel. It doesn't work like that. Well, well, how does anything ever become a, for, how does it go down the line? The answer is, the way it goes down the line is because you have something called liquids and you have something called foods. So if a reshown food touches another food, nothing happens. But if it touches a liquid, that liquid would become a shani. And if that's a shani, that was a liquid, subsequently touched another food, that food would become a shlishi, so on and so forth. But direct contact from one food to another food, the Gemara says, does not make it tamen. So if the case is you have a piece of meat and a shlishi together with a piece of meat or a rishon, it's not becoming even a shani when they're being burned together. Where is our source? That ochel is not matame ochel. Now when we say this, by the way, we always mean on a daraisa level. We're going to see that it does, but on a daraisa level it doesn't. The Tanya says in a bride, so yochel, yochel, metame, yochel. One may have thought that one piece of food that's tame, that's a rishon that touches another food, makes it a shani. who. So we're talking about Tumas Ochlim here in this Pasuk. And the Pasuk seems to say that tame who, that only it is tame. We're talking about something that is touching a sharet. So a sharet is an ava tuma, and the food which touches it becomes a rishon. Tame who, only it is tame. That's exclusion. Who tame tame. The piece of meat that touched the dead, the dead, the dead carcass of the, uh, the dead rodent would become tame. But that piece of meat would not be me able to tame a second piece of meat. So what do we see? We see the idea that one ochel is not metame another ochel. So what in the world is the potential issue here? Yes, I have a shlishi and a rishon. But even if I burn them together, Together, that Rishon doesn't give any more Tuma to the Shlishi. So the Gemara says this is really depends on a Machlokas. According to Abai, we're going to learn this at the end of this Sugya in like five, six plot. That rule of Ein Ochel, Matame Ochel, is only true by ordinary foods, by Chulun. But by any food that has any sanctity, Truma or Kachim, it's not that way. Ochel is Matame Ochel. We're going to have a source from Chagai Hanavi. And if we have a source from Chagai Hanavi that way, then, uh, and here again, we're talking about Kachim, then everything's good. By Kachim, Ochel could be Matame and Ochel. He made a different split. Chulun and Truma as well. Ochel cannot be Matame and Ochel, but by Kachim, and Ochel could be Matame and Ochel. So according to him, it's also good. Because again, the context we're talking about are two pieces of meat of Kachim. So as long as by Kachim and Ochel is Matame and Ochel, then we're good. To burn a Shlishi with a Rishon is a tremendous novelty because the Shlishi is in fact becoming a Shani. We're going to see a third opinion at the end again. It's going to be at the, all the way at the end of the sugya. Ravina, in the name of Rava, says, The Torah is spoken in, in a very explicit sense. Unequivocally, there's a law of food is not matame of food. Whoever you're following, it doesn't matter. Whatever type of food it is, it doesn't make a difference. The law is one food is not matame another food. So what are you going to say? In our case, if you're burning even kachim, Rishon with the Shlishi, if it's true that we have this rule that a food is not Matame and other food, then you don't have any issue that the Shlishi is getting upgraded into Tumah. You know why? Because it's not. It's still going to remain a Shlishi. So what in the world is the issue here whatsoever? So the Gemara answers, a very creative answer. What happened was that piece of meat that touched the dead, that touched the Tameh mace, right? You had a person who touched the mace, he was a Rishon. 
Now, when we thought that this piece of meat was just a dry piece of meat that touched that person to become a Rishon, the tree as well, there was also liquid on the meat. So there was not only a piece of meat that's a Rishon, there's also liquid that's a Rishon. Both the piece of meat and the liquid on it, let's say there's some, you know, like sauce that's on the meat. So when it touches the person who touched the mace, not only is the meat becoming a Rishon, but there's liquid that's becoming a Rishon as well. So now that I burn the piece of meat that's a Shlishi with that first piece of meat, what's going to happen is the Kamatami Machmas Mashkin, the Mashkin which are a Rishon will invalidate, will, will upgrade the Tuma of the Shlishi piece of meat to a Shani. So that's the Gemara's answer. The Gemara's answer is very simple. You're right, in here you're talking about that the first piece of meat had a liquid on it as well. That liquid also was a Rishon. It had also been there when it touch the person who touched the dead body and that Thomas Mashkin which is a Rishon is the issue that when I burn the Shlishi piece of meat together here it's going to upgrade the Tuma of the Shlishi to a Shani and we're saying but still there's a big novelty that that's not a problem however the Gemara will not tolerate this Ukimta in the language this language that you're allowed to burn it with the meat that became Tuma with an Avatuma you should have said the main point that you're burning it with another piece of meat and it's liquid because if you leave out the and it's liquid then there's no novelty at all. So we simply will not tolerate that the case and the novelty here is, is that there was a tummy liquid on the first piece of meat because the Mishnah did not tell us that point. Ella, so now we need a new answer. Again, what are we looking for a new answer? What is the Chiddush I can burn the meat that with the Shlishi, with the meat that's a, that's a Rishon, if even by Kachim there's a law, in Ocho Matame Ocho. Ella, rather, the Gemara says a very simple point. Nehide in Ocho Matame Ocho Madaraisa. That rule is all a Dindaraisa. By Torah law, there's such a rule. Midrabanan miu Matame. And that's why people are very surprised at this Gemara. Everyone, of course, intuitively, one food is Matame and other food. Yeah, that's all Midrabanan. But it is true that it's Dirabanan. So, 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 so just once I'm going to finish say Dirabanan. So that's what the Mishnah is saying. On a Dirabanan level, there's a din that when I'm going to burn this Shlishi meat with the Rishon meat, on a Dirabanan level, the meat will now become a shame. So I'm upgrading the Tuma on a Dirabanan. So you would say that's forbidden Midrabanan. Since it's going to get an upgrade to the Tuma, you're not allowed to do that. It's against the terms of guarding the meat. And that it's not a problem. And the reason is because once it's Tomei, anyways, it's disqualified upgrading it to a Shani is not an issue. Yeah. So why can't you say that by the Havamin of our original case by Rishon and Shani? That the Shani... Be, be, because there's no upgrade. There's no upgrade. Originally, we thought it was... Originally, we thought it was a Rishon and a Shani, right? So if it's a Rishon and a Shani, even if it would theoretically want to become Tomei, but there's, no, there's nothing worse. When the Shani makes the, touches the Rishon, what should it become? A Shani. It's already a Shani. That's why we were so bothered. That's why we had to switch and say it was Vlad Vlad, that the, the piece of meat was a Shlishi. It's making contact with the Rishon, and it could theoretically get an upgrade to a Shani. But what was bothering the Gemara was, ah, you know, Chamatame Ochel. How's it going to happen? So the Gemara tried to say the liquids, the Gemara rejected the liquids, and then the Gemara eventually is saying, yeah, but just the Dindarabanan, that one food touches the other food. So now we have a Maskan or a Chinyaskan Akonim. You have a meat of a Shlishi, you have a meat of a Rishon. Midrabanan, there's an issue, it will become a Shani, and yet it's permitted because once something is Tame, we don't care if it gets upgraded and it's Tame. Can we still learn off that that's Matur do that when it's Mubidarisa? That's a great question. That's a great question because that's my comment to the Sukkah. Okay, so let's see. Okay, very good. So says the Gemara, heist if Rabbi Akiva. So then what happened? Rabbi Akiva added to the testimony. He said, let me tell you another case. If you had oil, which was touched by a tolyom, which is a shlishi, you're allowed to burn that with a, with a candle that was touched by an avatum. 
So the Gemara asks, Michti, let's analyze. What's the levels of Tomeyer? What is the status of oil? That was touched by the Tvul Yom Shlishi, because that's always the rule. The Tvul Yom makes the lowest level of Tomeyer by Tremor. It makes it a Shlishi. If you're gonna light, if you're gonna burn it together with the candle that touched the tummy mace, what's gonna to happen to the oil? The oil will get upgraded to a sheni. The oil will touch the tummy kli, which is a rishon, so it will become a kli. Uh, it will become a sheni. But why is that a bigger novelty than what Rachanina's kind of calling him said? My Kamashwa, what's he telling us? Shlishi Mutalas Sashini, that a Shlishi, it's not a problem if it gets upgraded to a Shani. Hainu Hach, that is exactly the same novelty as Rabakina's kind of calling him. After we cleaned up Rabakina's kind of calling him, that was exactly his novelty. That it was a Shlishi getting upgraded to a Shani. Now, so to be shown him ask, David's question. Why didn't the Gemara answer that here it's getting upgraded on a Daraisa level before it was only upgraded on a Tamil, on a Drabanan level? We showed him ask that because there's actually the Gemara will talk about that. But for some reason right now, the Gemara is not accepting that as a good answer. So the Gemara says, Amar of Yehuda, Halcha Bener Very nice law here in Tumah. Great law fundamental to know. That if the, the candle was made of metal and it touches a Tameh Mace, it does not become a Rishon. It actually is equated to the level of Tameh. Very cool halacha. A Kli of metal that touches a Tameh Mace does not downgrade it. It gets exactly the same level of Tameh Mace. So if, let's say, a person touches a dead body, if he's going to touch a metal candle, the thing, the cup that holds the, 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 the whole wicks and situation, that Nair will be an where do we learn that from? In the context of a, of a dead body, the slain body, the Torah mentions the slain by the sword. In Who cares how the body died? They're with a sword, not a sword. So the rabbis darshan that if you have something like a sword, which is a metal kli, a metal kli, which comes in contact with primary sources of Tumah, it is treated with the exact same severity of the source of Tumah. So here, in our case, when the Tami Mace touched the Nair, it's not true that the Nair became a Rishon. The Nair is actually an Avatoma, and you're going to be burning the oil with the Nair. What's going to happen to the oil? The novelty is the oil here is going to become a Rishon, because the Nair is an Av, because it didn't get downgraded because of this din of Kohalo. So when the oil touches it, the oil is going to become a Rishon. That's Rabbi Akiva's extra addition. Rabbi was talking about two pieces of meat, one which was a Rishon, one was a Shlishi. Rabbi told us it's okay even though the Shlishi will become a Shani. Now Rabbi Akiva adds, and even if I had Tameh oil that was a Shlishi, that I want to burn together with the Tameh Ner, and the Tameh Ner is on the level of an avatama, so that means it's going to make my oil a rishon, it's still permitted. That even an additional upgrade is not an issue. Why is it not an issue? Because again, the concept is the same. That once something is tamay, an upgrade in its tumah is not a problem. Rechonina's kind of and brought it up if it was upgraded one level, and Rabbi Akiva is bringing out the point that even if it's upgraded two levels, it's going from a shlishi jumping to a rishon because it's making contact with this ner, which is an av, it is still permitted. That's the Gemara's Chedesh. Okay? Is that clear? So you have a din of Chayreya Kachalo. Metal Kalim that touch sources of Tumah are not downgraded. They are equated with the same level. So the Nair in our Mishnah is an Av. When it's making contact with the oil, the oil is becoming a Rishon. And that's Rabbi Akiva's novelty that despite the fact that it's upgraded two levels from a Shlishi to a Rishon, it's still permitted. Says the Gemara. Why'd you have to come up with that? My We were forced to say we're talking about metal because only metal has that din of Kachalo. Why don't we keep it in being a regular nair? Most nairs are not metal. Most nair are earthenware, which does not have that din of hayekachal. So if it was an earthenware one, the earthenware nair would be a risha. My host, if this that you're struggling with, what was Rabbi Akiva adding? I'll tell you what he's adding. 
In the case of the Kodshim meat, Tame Vitame. By Kodshim, the status of a Shlishi and the status of a Rishon are not that different. Why? Because they have the same ability, not only, that, not only are they Tame, but they have the same ability to be Tame other things. A Rishon, if it touches something else, would make it a Shini. And a Shlishi, if it touches something else, would make it a Revi'i. Because in the laws of Kachim, it, the Tumma extends even to a fourth thing. So both the Rishon and the Shini are similar. They both have the capacity to be Tame something else. So even if you make the Shlishi into a Shini, it's an upgrade, but it doesn't really matter because it had that same capacity to be metami something before. Who cares that it's upgraded a little bit? But the ilu halcha, in the case of the oil, pasal vitame. When we're talking about shemen, oil of truma, truma doesn't go less than a shlishi. So that means when I had oil that was a shlishi, it, yes, it's tame, but it's not even the term of tame because it can't extend its tumma. It's a shlishi, it can't go further. All it is, it's really called a puzzle, a disqualified because of its tumma. But the capacity to give its tumma to something else, it didn't have. If you're going to make it into a shani, even if it's only becoming a shani, it's going to gain a new capacity that it didn't have before. It will give it its ability to be metami something else. That's a much bigger chiddush. So even though you're right, in both cases, it's only shani to, to shlishi to shani, but the upgrade is so different. In the case of kachim, it's very subtle because it, it had the ability to be metami something else even when it was a shlishi. So it's subtle that it becomes a shani as opposed to a shlishi. Okay, that's all right. But by truma, where the change from shlishi to shani is so different because it goes from having the ability, not having the ability to be metami something else to having the ability to be metami something else, that's a huge change in what it's able to do. So I would have said that's forbidden. Oh, Sifra Bi Akiva, that it's mutter. A shlishi of truma can, can be metame or be for kachim? No. Shlishi of truma is simply done. It can't do anything. Okay? All right. So now we're asking, why did Rav Yudah have to tell us that the ner was a risha? Was an av and was making the oil a risha? And we'd have a different tarot. Leave the ner or earthenware one. Leave the ner only a risha. And the extra novelty is that it's giving the truma oil, that's a shlishi, the, a new ability to be metame. So the Gemara answers, Amar Rava Masisin Kashite. We were bothered by the language of the Mishnah. My ear, my ear, the Tani Ner Shanitma Betame Mace. Why did the Mishnah make the point of saying that it, it would touch the Tani Mace? What was the point? If you just want to tell me you have a ner that's a Rishon, you don't have to point out that it touched a tummy mace. It could also touch a sharetz. A sharetz is also an avatum. If you just want to say, give me a case of a ner that's a Rishon, you don't have to single out that it touched a tummy mace. In what way could there be a difference if it's touching a tummy mace or a sharetz? The difference would be metal. Because this din of Chayar is that if it touches a Tamei Mace, then it's going to become an Avarishon, then Avatama. If it touches a dead Sharetz, it doesn't. Chayar Veikachalo, Rabbi says that a metal cleat touches a Tamei Mace, it becomes Tamei Mace. Very specific. Metal cleat and Tamei Mace. So for the fact that the Mishnah clearly said that the, the Nair was touching a Tamei Mace, we see that the Mishnah is trying to show us that the Nair is in Av, not a Rishon. Because had the Mishnah just wanted to tell us of a case of a Nair, which was a Rishon, it wouldn't have to single out Tamei Mace. It could have told us it touched the Sharetz, and it would be a Rishon. Must be the Mishnah is alluding to that, that the Nair is in Av. And the extra Chiddush of Rabbi Akiva is that it's becoming, the oil is becoming not only Shani, but a Rishon as well. That's why we gave that interpretation. Says the Gemara now, Amar Rava, Shemami na Kasaber Rebbe Akiva, Tumas Mashkim Latame Achirim Diorais. We're going to have a big question about Tumas Mashkim. Tumas Mashkim are going to be a big discussion to us, and we're basically going to have a big machloka. Some people hold that Mashkim have the ability to be Matame foods only with Rabbanon. Some some people hold it's Diorais. So we're going to see a big machloka about it. So the Gemara says, let's see from here that the Tumas Mashkim Matame other things is Diorais. If it's only Rabbanon, Michti, Hai Ner Maikam Hanyu Hashem. 
What's the candle doing to the Shemen any more than it already does? Elaf Sule Gufe, if it's just to make it Tame, Hapasal Vakai, it's already Tame, it's already Yishlishi, it's already Tame. Must be that the upgrade that it's giving it is that it's becoming a Rishon. Now, why would it matter that it's becoming a Rishon? Because it's more severe because of what it could then do. Right? And then can pass something to a Shani Shishi. But that's all true if it's true that a liquid can pass on Tumma to other things. We're going to see that that's really Machlokas if it could on a Daraisa level or not. So the Gemara is asking if it can only do it on a Darabonin level and not a Daraisa level, why is that an upgrade to its Tumma? Now that is very flawed logic because it's an upgrade on a Darabonin level. Definitely Mashkim could be Mitami other things on, on a Darabonin level. So whether it's Darais or, 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 or Darabanan, when it goes to a Rishon, it, it can do more. So the Gemara comes back, what are you saying? Maybe the upgrade from going to a Shlishi to a Rishon is that it can be Metame things Darabanan. Says the Gemara, this is the key, if we only meant Klape, what it could do on a Darabanan level, my Irya Ba'avatama, why would it make a difference that it touched the Avatama and it's becoming a Rishon? Even if the shlishi oil touches a rishon or a sheni, you know what happens to a shlishi uh, liquid that touches any source of tuma on a drabbanan level? Even if it's not touching an avatuma, you know what happens to it? It always becomes a rishon. There is a din drabbanan, a very cool din, that by foods, right, it goes rishon, sheni, shlishi, revi. If you touch a sheni, you're only going to be a shlishi. You touch a rishon, you're only going to be a sheni. A liquid that touches either a rishon or a sheni always goes back to being a rishon. That's what I was saying before the Havamin of the Mishnah, that that the sheni could make the rishon into a sheni if it's liquid. Just, just one second, okay? Okay. So one second. So what's the Gemara saying? So there's a din midrabanon that liquids are so susceptible to tumma. There's a cool din that no matter what form of vala tumma they touch, they always revert back to being a risha. That's a din It Always becomes a risha. And we see this in the Mishnah. Did non kolaposos a truma anything which is like a tumma midrabanon, like a pasul truma, which you would usually you would usually describe as being a sheni metame mashkin when it touches a liquid leos it makes it a risha. Why did the rabbi say such a din? Why are, why are liquids so susceptible they always revert back to being a Rishon? So Rashi explains the, from the Gemara and Shabbos, it's just a lumdus, that liquids are more susceptible to Tumah because there's a law that foods don't become Tumah unless they become wet first by a mashka. Mashka obviously doesn't have that halacha. So mashka we look at with greater susceptibility. And that's manifest now in a din that whenever liquids become Tumah, they always have a status of a Rishon. That's basically the way it works. Whenever it's been Tumah, on a Drabonin level, on a Drabonin level. So chutz yom with the one exception, with the one exception, you might be wondering, how did you have oil which is a slishi? The one exception is when something is touched by a tvul yom. Like oil that's touched by a tvul yom, that oil is a slishi. And the reason the rabbis didn't have to upgrade that is because tvul yom is its own category, as we'll learn about another time. So bottom line is, the one case of a liquid that's not a rishon when it becomes tame is something touched by a tvul yom. Like our case, our oil, that's a slishi. But any other time liquids become tame, they touch something, what's going to happen? They always become the status of a rishon. That always happens. Now, that's a dindarabon. So if all our mission was talking about was a dindarabon that there's going to be an upgrade to the oil, then you didn't have to specify that it touched the nair that touched the tummy mace. Why in the world should we have to say that? What difference does it make? Even if it would, let's say, touch a rishon, touch a shani, anything, the liquid will always revert back to being a rishon. So why do you have to specify that it's touching a candle that's either an avatama or a rishon? What's the difference? If we would touch anything, it would always revert back to being a rishon on a drabanon level. Must be that our Mishnah didn't mean to bring out a point that you're upgrading it on a drabanon level. Rabbi Akiva was trying to bring out a point that even on a daraisa level, you're upgrading the tumma of the oil. 
So how are you upgrading the, the, the tumma of the oil on a Darisa level when it goes from a Shlishi to a Rishon? How is it an upgrade? Must be Mashkim that are a Rishon on a Darisa level can pass over tumma. Because if it's only on a Darabana level, then you're not upgrading the tumma when you make it a Shlishi to a Rishon. Why is a Rishon more Chamer than a Shlishi? Because of what it could do. But if mashkim are not able to be metame for anything else on a daraisa level, then going from a, sh- a shlishi to a rishon on a daraisa level isn't significant. So from the fact that we're clearly looking for that upgrade, that it's becoming a rishon, that shows us that we're speaking about that daraisa din, and it must be that Thomas mashkim is daraisa. So let's try it. We're done here for the day. Let's make a summary of what Rabbi Akiva was saying. Rabbi Akiva added to Rabbi Kanaan's Kanaan. Rabbi Kanaan said two pieces of meat. One was a shishi, one was a rishon. You're allowed to burn them together because the shishi becomes a shini. It's not a problem. Tame is tame. That was point one. Hosef Rabbi Akiva. Let me tell you more. If you have shaman shnit from the one case of a liquid that actually is only a shlishi, you have a shlishi. You're allowed to burn it with a ner that touched an av. that touched a tame mace. We clear. We clarified that ner that touched the tame mace is a. Because of the din it's going to touch the liquid, and that's going to make it a risha. And it's an upgrade that it's going from shlishi to risha. Now the Gemara is calling us. We see from here that Rabbi Akiva is also bringing out a point that it's you don't have to do, watch out and guard it, even though there's going to be an upgrade on the tuma on the daraisa level. And, and because midaraisa, it must be Rabbi Akiva holds that mashkin can pass on tuma. So when it goes from a shlishi to a rishon, it's a tremendous upgrade in its in, in its in its in state of tuma because now it's able to pass on mashkin even on a daraisa level. And that's where Rabbi Akiva is being mosif that you're allowed to do that. Without that point, without that, someone could have understood differently. Forget about if it touches a ner, which was an av. Even if it touched a rishon, and we want to just say it's an upgrade to a sheni, it would always revert back to being a rishon on a draw button level, and the novelty would be that we don't care. But Rabbi Akiva is clearly trying to show us a chiddush that even when it's getting upgraded in a tumah level that is daraisa, you still don't have to protect it. And the way that Rabbi Akiva portrayed that is by saying that even if it's going to t- touch a ner, which was a avatama, which touched the tummy mace, still you're allowed to burn it with the oil. From the fact that Rabbi Akiva was trying to portray that, we see that his shita must be that on a daraisa level, Tumas Mashkin can pass on Tumma. Because if it would only be on a Durabanan level, then there's a simpler way of bringing out an upgrade on a Durabanan level. It could touch even a Rishon. Why do we have to care that it touched an Av? Must be we're trying to bring out the upgrade on a daraisa level, and the Gemara ends up with a proof that Tumas Mashkin to pass on to other things is even a daraisa, according to Rabbi Akiva. So the outcome of that, that pretty much everything